Welcome to the Thrive Church Weekly Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged by this message today. Thanks for tuning in. Now this morning, I just want to introduce you to one of my favourite movies. And I found out it's actually one of Jared's favourite movies too, so we share this. No, it's not Aladdin, although that is one of my favourite movies. It's not The Greatest Showman, though that is another one of my favourite ones. Truly. Oh my gosh. At that. We did watch another movie that Jared recommended not too long ago, and um, yeah, that's a different story. Won't tell you about that one. So this movie, anyway, disclaimer, because um, I can't remember absolutely everything that happens. You know how it is with a movie. You remember like the interesting bits, and you forget the other stuff, and then you might watch it with someone else, and you're like, oh my gosh. So yeah, just disclaimer on that one. Also, just to let you know, the beginning is very confronting and, and violent, so yeah. But this is a story of survival and freedom, and the movie is called Defiance. Who has seen that movie? Yeah, a few of us. Okay, this is based on the true story of a group of Jews in Belarus who successfully defied the Nazis. The events began in August 1941. Nazi task forces are sweeping through Eastern Europe, and they're just systematically killing the Jewish people. But among the survivors, those who aren't killed or haven't been um, sent off to the ghettos, are two Polish Jewish brothers, the Belsky brothers. The parents are dead, they've been killed by local police, and the brothers flee to the Nalaboki forest, vowing to avenge the deaths of their parents. There, though, the brothers encounter other Jewish escapees, people who are hiding in the forest, and they take them under their covering, under their leadership. So over the next year, they shelter this growing number of refugees and they, tr- they raid local farms for food, for supplies, and they move their camp whenever there's a threat of um, attack. And there's a lot that happens in between, but after a winter of sickness and starvation and attempted betrayal and constant hiding, the camp learns that the Nazis are about to attack. The Soviets refuse to help and they begin to evacuate this camp as the um, planes are bombing um, their area. They come to the edge of the forest, and at the edge of the forest, they come across this, this marsh that looks like, like impassable. But they manage to get across, just losing one person in that. Unfortunately, as soon as they get across, um, they are attacked by a Nazi platoon waiting for them. But just as all seems lost, The enemy is assaulted from the rear by a partisan force and the survivors escape into the forest. It's a pretty exciting story on the edge of your seat and it is a story of freedom. Two brothers who became defiant for the freedom of not only themselves but those that they were caring for. I've called today's message Defiant and Free. I believe it's time for us, for the Church of Jesus Christ, to become defiant in the face of the enemy defiant for our freedom, our total and complete freedom, and for the freedom of others. You know, the heart of Jesus is for not a single person in this room or a single person in this world to, be, to stay trapped, to stay trapped in any sort of brokenness or pain or um, negativity or, you know, the battle that we can have in our minds. Jesus' heart is for us to be totally free from all of that. And it's not okay for this nation to be suffering to be suffering from hopelessness and depression and anxiety. It's time for us to take a stand. Now, over the last few months, God's just kept directing me back powerfully to Isaiah 61 and the first three verses. I'm just going to read that to you. You will have all probably heard this before, incredible verses. 
The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of the spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Isaiah 61, this is for us, for each one of us, but it's a lot more than that. This is our call. This is our mandate as children of God. On the 1st of January, God gave me the word freedom for this year. And I just believe that God is about to unlock freedom for our church. He's about to release people from darkness. But I believe he's also going to show us how to live this out day by day and how to release this call over other people's life to see freedom bought like we've never seen before. Isaiah 61 says, Proclaim freedom for the captives, release from darkness for the prisoners. Now, just Hebrew words are really interesting because they have a lot more meaning than just our English words. So I just want to break open a couple of those words. So the word um, prisoner there means to yoke or hitch, to fasten in any sense, to join, harness, hold, put in bonds or tie. So that's one side of it. And then listen to the contrast of the word freedom, or it could be the word liberty. Um, And that's from a root word that means to move rapidly. Freedom, a spontaneity of outflow, the opposite to being in bondage. Jesus has come to set us free from those things that hold us tight, those things that tie us up. He's come instead to bring freedom, freedom to be, to move, freedom for there to be outflow from our life and outflow of life from each one of us. Galatians 5 says it is for freedom that Christ has died to set us free. And in uh, the Passion Translation, I love this wording, let me be clear, the anointed one has set us free, not partially, but completely and wonderfully free. We must always cherish this truth and stubbornly refuse to go back into the bondage of our past. And I love those words, stubbornly refuse to go back into bondage. Be defiant about your freedom. As we've been singing and worship, Jesus is our absolute everything. He's our saviour. He's our healer. He's our friend. He's our king. And he has done absolutely everything that is required for our freedom. Nothing is impossible with him. Christ freed us through his death and resurrection so that we could live free. Everyone says, say, live free. free. Say it again, live free. Awesome. Now, for over a year, I've just kept reading through the Gospels, just continually, like in different versions, just keeping on going back to them, just because I wanted to fully immerse myself in Jesus, in the life of Jesus, and who he is, and his miracles. And something that stood out to me in every single parable, in every miracle, and in every interaction that Jesus had with somebody, he bought freedom. He, he saw a person. He met their need and then he brought freedom. I just want to share one of those stories with you. Luke 13. 
Jesus is teaching in the temple, and then he sees a lady who is broken, who is suffering. And just want to pick it up and read of it to you in Luke 13. She was crippled and had been doubled over for 18 years. Her condition was caused by a demonic spirit of bondage that had left her unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her condition, he called her over and gently laid his hand on her. Then he said, Dear woman, you are free. I release you forever from this crippling spirit. Instantly, she stood straight and tall and overflowed with glorious praise to God. Wow, that would have been an amazing miracle to see. Yeah, do it again, God. He saw her, Jesus saw her. He gently laid his hand on her. He declared over her, you are free, and she was healed. And I love this line in here. He said, I release you forever. This was not just a moment in time. This wasn't just like, oh yeah, healed for a little bit. And it's the same for us. Jesus releases us forever, not just for a moment in time, not just for a few days or maybe a few years. This is forever freedom. Now, Jesus was defiant against that spirit that had caused this woman to be so bound up and to suffer. And he was defiant against the rulers of the day as well, because that miracle actually happened on a Sabbath day. And the Jewish leaders said, uh -uh, no healing on a Sabbath day. Jesus defied that because this woman's freedom was way more important than any rules. I just think that's an incredible story of his love and power and the freedom that came as she encountered the love of Jesus. I want to share another story from you. This is one I came across this week. Uh, recently, a man named Brian Wheelock shared his powerful story of um, discovering freedom on the stream, an interesting website to check out. Brian had lived the homosexual life for at least 10 years. He said those feelings were real. He had embraced the same-sex attraction lifestyle. I thought I was free, he said. But as time went on, I just felt more and more depressed in that life. And I just felt God was telling me, Brian, this is not my best for you. Brian, I have better for you. I didn't pray in the name of Jesus that he'd make me straight. I prayed that I would die to myself and I would become a follower of Jesus Christ. And God is faithful to that. As he was sharing his story, he introduced his family. Three girls, aged 11, 9 and 6, ran on the stage to meet their dad. Following close behind came his wife. Brian said while he was still openly homosexual, God had given him a vision of his wife and three or four children. He had written the vision down but dismissed it as unrealistic. Yet here they were, the family he had seen. This is God's grace, Brian said. The message of his life, he says, is changed by love. He said, I thought I was doing everything I wanted as I pursued that life and that I was free. What I found out is that I was really tying myself up into bondage. This is freedom now. It wasn't all that stuff, conversion therapy, that convinced me. It was feeling the presence and the love of God that showed me he had a different path for me. Freedom, he says, is feeling the love of God and being free to be who God made me to be. What do you need freedom from today? Maybe freedom from anxiety. Maybe freedom from pornography. Maybe freedom from negative thoughts. Whatever it is, Jesus is proclaiming freedom over you today. Freedom is found in him. 
Jesus is the fulfillment of that Isaiah 61 prophecy to proclaim freedom for the captives, release for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. But some really cool things happen before um, he gets up in the temple and reads this, and I just want to share those for you because they're important. First of all, Jesus is baptised, and he hears the voice of his father saying to him, you're my beloved son, I'm well pleased with you. That's the first thing he hears, the affirmation of the father. Then he goes on a 40-day fast. Now, I'm not suggesting that we all need to do this, though maybe in some way God will ask you to do that. 40 days of fasting and praying, 40 days just him and God. Then the enemy comes to tempt him to try and take him out, but Jesus is ready. I want to read a little bit of what happens because Jesus in this moment totally defies the devil. When Jesus is starving, the devil said to him, If you are really the Son of God, command the stone to turn into a loaf of bread for you. Jesus defies him. He rebukes him and declares the truth of the word of God and says, I will not. For it is written in the Scriptures, life does not come only from eating bread but from God. Life flows from every revelation from God's mouth. Then the enemy shows Jesus all the kingdoms and regions of the world and says, You can have this. All you've got to do is bow down and worship me. Jesus rebuked him and said, Satan, get behind me, for it is written in the Scriptures, only one is worthy of your adoration. You will worship before the Lord your God and love him supremely. Finally, the devil tries to use the word of God against Jesus, and he takes him up to a high point in Jerusalem, says, throw yourself down. You'll be fine because God's word says um, that he's given his angels instructions to protect you from harm, for the hands of angels will hold you up. But Jesus said, It is also written in the scriptures, how dare you provoke the Lord your God? I love the authority that Jesus speaks with. How dare you, enemy? How dare you? And that is what we need to get in our spirits at the enemy. How dare you, enemy? How dare you rob from us any longer? That word defiant, the dictionary definition means boldly resistant or challenging. Jesus boldly resists. He challenges what the devil's throwing at him. He defies the devil in his own personal um, life in that moment of temptation. But then he goes out and defies the devil on behalf of humankind, on behalf of each one of us. He steps up in the temple, is handed the scroll of Isaiah and reads this. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and he has anointed me to be hope for the poor, freedom for the brokenhearted, new eyes for the blind, And to preach to prisoners, you are set free. Jesus boldly resists. He is defiant in the face of the conditions of the planet, of the pain, of the sickness, of the suffering, of the torment, even of death. And he not only resists and challenges those things, he meets them head on and he's victorious in every single one of those, including death itself. Now, Thrive. We love freedom pathways. We, uh, I'm a big like advocate for that healing pathways, prayer. And if you want to get connected with that, then talk to one of our leaders. But it's time for us to actually get defiant about our freedom. You know, the devil wants to keep us trapped, but as children of God, as those dearly loved by God, we can boldly resist and challenge any lies, any accusations that the enemy is throwing our way. And not only... Can we do that? But God is actually calling each one of us up into that. Now, a focus stays on Jesus. It has to be about him first, him before every single thing else. 
his love, his salvation, because he is the one that sets us free. We can't do anything without Jesus. We need to be in that place of absolute dependence before him, where our heart's cry is just, I just want you, Jesus. More than anything else, I just want you, Jesus. And our attitude, though, needs to become one of enough is enough. And it's time for us to get defiant for the freedom of those around us. Maybe it's somebody in your family. Maybe it's somebody in your work. Maybe it's just not anybody that you know, but you just want to see the freedom come to them. To resist and challenge not people, but to stand up and challenge those things that the enemy is trying to bring at us. Those things of sickness, those things of pain, of anxiety, confusion, shame and hatred. At times we've all felt powerless, and maybe right now in this moment you're feeling powerless. And in our own strength, we are. But in that place of total dependence on him, with encounter with him, I believe we're going to see more and more freedom release. And I prophesy that we're going to see a greater release of freedom and of miracles and hope restored than we've ever seen before. Now, as the movie Defiance closes, because it's got a really good ending statement, it states that the Jewish people lived in the forest for another two years. They built a hospital, a nursery, a school, and they grew to a group of 1,200 members. The Belsky partisans represented the war's largest and most successful group of Jewish resistors. And this bit, wait for it. The descendants of the people they saved now number in the tens of thousands. Yep, that's worth clapping about. Wow. Two brothers standing up for what they knew was right and declaring freedom, looking after and caring for and seeing freedom for those 1,200 people has led to tens of thousands of people being saved. Our stand for freedom doesn't just impact our own life. It impacts our generation and it impacts the generations to come. So in our stand for freedom, first, we need to become defiant in our attitude, our posture, becoming totally defiant about freedom, boldly resisting and challenging anything that would tie us up or others around us. Stubbornly refuse to stay in that place of bondage. Don't settle for anything less than all of Jesus. And don't settle for anything less than absolute freedom. Second thing we need to do is to proclaim freedom. You know, the power of life and death is in the tongue. It's time to speak life to the things that look hopeless, to the situations that look like brokenness and despair, to prophesy, to call forth, to proclaim freedom. Freedom requires our participation and defiance requires our declaration. So let's proclaim the word of God and call things to line up. Let's declare freedom from hopelessness over this nation. Proclaim that this nation will be a nation bound together by the bonds of the love of Jesus Christ. Declare that every promise that has been spoken over this nation, over New Zealand, will come to pass. This isn't arrogance. This is just boldness and it's courage and it's what God is asking us to do in this hour. To stand defiant in the face of the enemy who only wants to steal, kill and destroy. The enemy cannot rip our nation off any longer. Not on our watch. 
We will boldly challenge pain and sickness. And as a church, we're going to continue to do that. We're going to challenge these things because that is not what the kingdom of heaven on earth looks like. We will boldly challenge depression and lies and self-hatred. We will be ones who proclaim truth and freedom. And it's time to also proclaim the promises of God, the love of Jesus over our families, over our neighbours, over our friends and our work colleagues like we haven't done before. The third thing we need and the most important is encounter with Jesus. It all starts with him, with meeting him and experiencing his love. I believe, and I know at times for myself I've done this in the past too, where I've settled with a bit of God's love, that's cool, a bit of Jesus, enough to get me through the week, enough to just be able to do life. That's not enough anymore. We need all of Jesus. And we need to be in that place of absolute dependence on him, whereas Jesus, I need you. Nothing is more powerful than his love. Nothing is more transformational than his love. All things are possible because of the love of Jesus Christ. And like Brian said in his story, freedom is feeling the love of God and being free to be who God made me to be. Lou Ingle, an amazing intercessor and prophetic voice in America, wrote this in January. He said, all of us, the church included, need great freedom. We need an encounter with God, a great revival, just like we've been singing about where God comes and revives everything. Church, every person in this room, we need Jesus. Nothing else will do, nothing else compares to knowing him and being known by him. And it's time for us as a church to get just a bit angry about what the enemy's trying to do in our lives and in those around us, to get a bit angry about what he's trying to do in this nation. It's time for us, his people, to stand up, to stand tall, knowing our authority in him, and go, we're not settling for just a little few miracles over here. We're not settling for just a few salvations here. We're not settling for just a few relationships restored. We want total freedom and forever freedom, like we've been talking about. It's time for us to stand up defiant and free. Just wonder if you'd stand up right now, actually. Now, we're going to have time at the end where you can receive prayer, and I believe there's a number of people that need to have prayer this morning. But in this moment, if you know that there are areas of, of your life where you just need to encounter the freedom of God, or where just in your spirit you're going, yes, you can just say yes to, to what I've been saying this morning, yes to freedom, yes to being one of those people that stand for freedom, then I'd ask you just to place your hand on your heart, and we're going to pray together. And just as I pray this out, just, just in your spirit be saying, yes, Jesus, I agree. Holy Spirit, I invite you in. Would you show me the areas in my life where I need freedom? I hand the pain of those things over to you. Holy Spirit, would you come and pour the love of Jesus onto all pain and brokenness?
And would you show me the next step in my healing? In the name of Jesus, I proclaim freedom over my life. And just as Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Holy Spirit, fill us with great boldness. Fill us with power. Just come and refresh us again. Come and fill us again today. We choose to be ones who take a stand for freedom, who stand defiant against the plans of the enemy. We will be ones who proclaim freedom and release from darkness. Thanks again for tuning in to the Thrive Church weekly podcast. Stay up to date with everything that is happening by following us on social media 